Hello, good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Magic the First Pioneers Podcast. This is a podcast all about the Pioneer format, and we keep our listeners up to date with what is new, interesting, and powerful in the world of Pioneer. I am your host, Kevin Finkel, joined here by my co-host. Hello, everybody. Uh, I am the Japan hobbyist. I'm Ryan, and uh, I kind of feel lonely today because it's just the two of us. Oh, I can keep you company here, and we've got plenty of Pioneer news to get everybody excited and, you know, fill up our time here. <laughs> uh, so... The big thing going on this weekend, uh, for anyone who hasn't been following, is that we had a big paper event. And, you know, these are, I feel like that's always like the highest rated kind of thing. It was like people seem to take Pioneer paper events or like any any format paper events probably the most seriously, you know, versus an online event. Even when it's like high level, I feel like, you know, something like a 5K or this weekend was actually the main event was a teams event where it was pioneer legacy and modern so one of those being pioneer people have been recently paying a lot of attention to pioneer trying to take it as competitively as possible and this weekend we get to see the results of that tournament mm-hmm. um so we're recording this sunday night after the scg indie is kind of wrapping up we've got the top eight of the main event we also have um you know it's kind of mid results from the 5k we don't have the finals on that yet those will all be posted on our twitter if you guys are following us there but we wanted to you know take a look at what the pros are saying like hey these are the best decks in pioneer these are like the highest level players playing at their best what are they playing uh you know great to have this kind of information out there great to see high level competitive events again Mm -hmm. exactly exactly um so you want to get started by maybe uh, talking about just like the overall meta? I think we have like two lists we can go over. We I think you said we have like a 5K list and we also have what the people are playing in the, uh, the team's event. Yeah, so as far as like most popular decks, I think that if you've been listening to us, we probably called a lot of it. Most popular deck, Phoenix. Second most, Blue-White Control. Third was Winota. Um, and then there's a kind of big jump down onto Lotus Field, Mono Red Aggro, Rectos Midrange, and Bent Spirits. And then, like, Mono Green Devotion is kind of in that same list. After that, there's a bigger drop-off between the, like, you know, kind of the, the, the next tier after that, it'd be things like Five Color Humans, um, Five Color Niv-Mizzet, mm-hmm. and some other, you know, smaller decks after that. But basically, that's the meta right now, is that's the biggest decks we're seeing for what people brought in this team event. Um yeah. Now, can I go into my, my preface here is that sure. I do want to call out like this is a team event, you know, sometimes that drives people to playing decks that they're not always the most comfortable with or the most, you know, people, your friends will maybe you've got three. Yeah, you've got two, you know, three modern and mm-hmm. legacy players and they say, hey, somebody learn the pioneer deck or pick up yeah, whatever you think yeah. is the best pioneer deck. Maybe that influences uh, deck types a little bit. I will also want to say when we go over the results that this is a team event. So someone could have been winning a lot in modern and legacy, losing in pioneer, yeah. and they could still have made top eight. So, um. Just just something to keep in mind here as we're looking at what the actual winning results were from that. Uh, that's why we're also going to look at the 5K and some other events going on recently. Yeah, but I mean, you know, they, they've probably won some, you know, some uh, uh, some rounds. Because, you know, if their team carried in the whole way, that seems a lot less likely that they'd yeah, be yeah. well. So. Yeah, it's usually not a you know a fully carry, but uh, just something just to keep in mind is that there's a little bit of other noise in this uh, here. So, but yeah, as far as our top three, those are like by and far the most played here mm-hmm. is Phoenix, Blue Eye Control, and Winota. Yeah. Um, and I'm not at all surprised. You know, those are kind of the decks that 
in no way were affected by Lotus or the Loris ban and were already top decks before the Loris ban. So I, makes sense. Here. I would say I am kind of interested, or not interested, uh, um, surprised to see uh, so many people choosing five color humans. I thought that deck was still kind of largely untested, even though it did put up some good results. Um, but it's cool. It's a yeah, it's a little bit untested. I think that people are looking for other options in the aggro field. So really, what it was is that um, I, I don't feel like the Loris ban let anything new show up mm-hmm. particularly like maybe this is the one example otherwise but people are looking for other aggro decks like not everyone wants to play winota and there's a lot of people you know gunning for winota because it is one of the known decks yeah. so they were seeing hey what else works in aggro you know maybe you can play mono red maybe you can play five color humans um as far as you know deck archetypes we had about 12 people on mono red we had what was the number seven on uh five color humans mm-hmm. um versus phoenix we're looking at like 44 five or something was that what it was yeah the tempo and the aggro oh here let's see it's uh well the tempo the aggro and the mid-range just so you know the reporting here is a little bit messy it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of self-reported so some people called it is it tempo some people called it is it aggro some people called it is it mid-range that's kind of the funny thing about a lot of decks in pioneer is it's it's hard to put a finger on exactly which one of those it is um this could be tempo aggro mid-range combo you know, Winota, the same way, you could call it tempo, mid-range, aggro, combo, and I don't think any of those would be untrue. Now, at least they called them all Winota here. Now, we recently, we've been kind of talking about how we haven't really seen spirits show up, at least not in any of the um, online events. But, you know, there's actually a decent number of people playing banned spirits in uh, this team event, which is interesting to see. Still a good deck, I'm guessing. It just probably hasn't. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's another one of those people are looking for an aggro list or you mm-hmm. know something tempo that will get underneath other decks, and it's been consistent as far as the other uh, results it's been putting up, um, both online. You know, like like users said, it it has been showing up as much online, but when it shows up, it seems to do well. So that seems like one of those kind of um, unspoken gems, mm-hmm. or uh, I feel like there's a right word for that, where it's a. Uh, it's kind of slipping under the radar as a powerful deck in the format that doesn't seem to get talked about quite as much as the top lists. Um, did you want to talk about the uh, 5k meta as well, or did you want to wait until after Yeah, let's do a quick meta okay. breakdown there. So like, like I said, we don't have the final results on that one, um, but when I'm looking at the 5k meta, I see Winota, I see Blue-White Control, I see Phoenix as a top three, mm-hmm. and then again, a, a pretty big step down going to Mono-Red Aggro, Red-Black Mid-Range, Mono black aggro, which is nice. uh, blue black control, which we see in a small number in the uh, the big one. Mm-hmm. Mono green devotion, bat spirits, black white vampires, lotus breach, jun mid range, sultai. So that's more lotus breach. Uh, that should be up towards the top there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some are calling it lotus breach, or some are calling it sultai combo, but those are both talking about lotus field. Yeah, there's no breach Boros anymore. Burn, so. Blue white spirits. <laughs> Yeah, so what what that really is is this this looks pretty similar, um, and you know it is worth putting a caveat that anyone who didn't make day two, uh, there's a decent chance they went and they played in the five k because that's probably what they like to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that does mean that you know there's a little bit of overlap in the uh, the two metas here. But yeah, it looks like a very similar meta. Like I would say the top six decks are all the same top six decks as in the. Uh, but also the main event. Also, I would also say, you know, just looking at this list, that people are playing what they want to play, which is great. You know, that there's a lot of, of variety. There's a lot of choices for people, um, you know, when they're playing Pioneer. <laughs> so, like you said, you know, Mono Black Aggro, great to see that coming back. Um, you know, Ors of Vampires we haven't really seen in a while. 
So I'm glad to see that, you know, people playing that or choosing to play that again. Um, Auras, I'm kind of surprised to see people choosing that considering, you know, many people said it wasn't that good after the, um, uh, how could I say, after Luris left. That was like one of those that was hit the hardest. Uh, we have a- Yeah, I don't know if they'll post lists for the 5K, mm-hmm. but I did send you, you know, a bunch of the other one-ofs. There, there's all kinds of fun things going on in here. Yeah. But, um, so, uh, do you want to jump into some of those deck lists from the, uh, uh, the top eight and maybe top 16 of the SCG Open? Yeah, yep, let's go ahead and do that. So let's take a look at the top 16 from the SCG Open. Uh, as far as the pioneer seats, where they've they've gotten to, All right. um, so this is top sixteen based on where they finished. Swiss, we do not. I believe have they finished the uh, the actual event? Uh, I have just woke up. I I couldn't tell you. Let me uh, let me click on the playoffs and see if it's. Yeah, I don't think the playoffs is up yet. So this is end of day two. Yeah, so um, end of Swiss, right? Yeah, end of Swiss. Five color humans. That's cool to see. Uh, so that one, you know, wasn't as high in the uh, total number of lists but it looks like it's made it there um and i i see mm. yeah i was gonna say i could also probably see this doing well just because people don't know really know how to play against it yet which is another reason like you know it's a good powerful deck and people are used to playing these types of cards against these types of decks and they don't have those cards you know for like these types of matchups just my opinion. Possibly, you know, if people were just uh, you know looking on MTG Goldfish and seeing, hey, what was popular last week, yeah. they might not have missed. They might have missed the fact yeah. that the week leading up to this big event, that this was a kind of breakout deck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they should have been listening to podcasts like the first there Pioneers. They should have been going to places like Playing Pioneer, where we were talking about uh, exactly this list. So go. this looks to be exactly the kind of list that has been doing well. You know, four of the Werewolf Pack Leader, four of the Mantis Rider, and what this deck gets to do is because there's now eight of those you know the exclude courtyard unclaimed territory they tap for any color as well as playing monoconfluence it can play things like experiment one into green green into mantis rider mm-hmm. without any kind of issue um you know all of their lands really tap for all of those creatures and they just get to play some very powerful things yeah i'm, I'm excited to see experiment one uh get play again yep yep that's that's a good one um in this specific list, I don't see anything here that I wouldn't call stock. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you guys have seen the list, I think that it's probably the stock five colors human list. Uh, but it, it's a cool list here. Uh, let's see. So that was what's the first place team, uh, the pioneer seed yeah. from it. Uh, when I'm looking at the second place here, it looks like it's a, is it Phoenix? Mm-hmm. Now, first thing I'm going to look at here is how many thing in the ice, because that's kind of been where Phoenix has been. Yeah, you know, playing around lately is the number of thing in the ice they're running. This one's on four Phoenix, four thing in the ice. So this is kind of the classic um, two trample trespass. That's kind of cool. So that's the only thing I, you know, two two crews two trespass instead of one and three. Uh, I think that's the only thing here that's a big kind of deviation from what I would consider absolute stock. Mm-hmm. But this looks to be a pretty stock list. Here. I think that uh, if people were expecting to see a lot of Anoda, I think they were going to go with four thing in the ice. That card is so good against Winota decks you know those you know they, they go off and you just like all right i'll cast two spells and flip everything back to your hand it is and the phoenix matchup has always been pretty favorable into uh Winota. like i don't think that's ever not been true mm-hmm. and you know this one's playing four fiery impulse in the main that that's probably the bigger change as far as what they're looking to beat an aggro list like Winota. Mm-hmm. the three lightning axe i'm sure did very well for them yeah um, so playing that over something like more of the Flame Blast Bolts, uh, that, that's where there's a really big of a difference, is being able to hit that three damage. 
Well, the uh, so hmm. yeah. I was gonna say the next deck. Um, do we want to look at the other Phoenix lists that are in this top sixteen, or do we want to uh, look more yeah, at the? Uh, up to you. Is there any difference? Yeah, I think that that's fifth, where I was just gonna jump around. So it looks like yeah, fifth has a Phoenix. They're playing one Crackling Drake. They're also they're playing three Temporal mm-hmm. Trespass, zero Cruise, uh, and they're playing Play with Fires rather than the Fiery Impulse. So impulse, that's uh, yeah. yeah, one Impulse. So that's a bit the bit of a change there. Uh, let's see, is this 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10th place is also a Phoenix. This one looks to be, is this the same list as the number 2? It looks like yeah, it might be. Yeah, it looks be. very close. Uh, it's not, it's not a card for card. There's differences in the sideboard, the lands, but this one looks much more similar. Uh, this one's playing 3 Fiery Impulse, 1 Flame Blast Bolt, and is playing a 4th Lightning Axe instead. No, it's only, uh, and I think there's total. one more, or no? Nope. I think that's yeah, it. Th- so three in the top sixteen after being the most popular deck. That's uh, I think that's reasonable yeah. conversion. Yeah, people are going to play it, but not everyone's going to make the top eight. Um, yeah. So mono red. I thought I wanted on the third place team it has it has a mono red deck, and this actually is pretty interesting, just because I see Hazret in there. I haven't seen Hazret in a mono red <laughs> deck in a long time. Playing some Hazret, I, I can get behind that. I'm pretty interested. So let's see here what's what's looking a di- little different. So this is a mono red. It's more mid range. They're playing, yeah, it's a little bit more mid range. You know, they're not playing uh, Monastery Swift Spear. As far as two drops, they're playing Idle Out on the Great Revel, and then they're playing Cemetery Gatekeeper. So that's not unusual. You know, going high on those kind of Idle On effects, mm-hmm. it means that they're doing. Uh, it, it's nice into Phoenix. It's also good into Lotus Combo, both of which have been popular mm-hmm. recently. And then Chain Whirler, Bone Crusher, yep. those are stock. Yep. Um, Ferocidon, Chandra, you know, Big Chandra, those are pretty stock. So really the only thing here that's super unusual is these two Hazrats over maybe another couple burn spells. They're just playing Play With Fire and a Lightning Strike. Yeah, but those are good to have um, if you can land one against uh, Control, though. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're, they're good into a, a lot of things here. You know, there's not really a way for something like Phoenix to get rid of them very easily uh i think that it can block or swing into winota pretty well yeah i love seeing those scab clan berserkers in the sideboard again yeah and again that's kind of the the plan against something like phoenix uh, or whatever the lotus field yeah yeah. is just going all in on those island effects and i'm sure they're also probably coming in against control uh, at least as a reasonable card um next we have breach this breach do we want to look at the other red decks? Uh, is there uh, the one? other mono red? Because there's looks like there's actually three in the top six. There's eleven. Only one in the top eight here. And okay, eleven and sixteen. Okay, yeah, we can take a look at the other one. Yeah, so eleventh place. This one looks a little bit more like what I've seen recently. Although this also one also has some spice. Yeah. So this one's more of the aggro yep. list where it's got four Swiss Beer, four Skull Scar Mage. It's running the three mana Chandra instead of the four mana one. And it's also running this Kumano faces Kakazan, which has been kind of a big uh, standout card of the last set for these mono red decks is just a you know it's a non-land card that becomes a creature so that's nice it deals this damage it which is great for light of the stage and skewer the critics both of which they're playing as four ofs um as well as putting down your creatures with that extra bit of toughness can be great you know putting something like an eidolon as a three three dodges a lot of the removal in the format so it is nice to see that as well so this is a very classic kind of the burn version of the deck mm-hmm. whereas the other one is much more of a red mid-range uh, the only thing unusual here is a one of Experimental Frenzy. In the yeah, yeah. I was going to point that out. Yeah, I kind of joked about that one coming back after uh, the Luris ban, but I, I kind of said it as a, you know, that's a joke. It's not coming back. Um, happy to see one in the main and one in the side. 
over something like a Chandra is what would definitely be in that place mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one more in the, at number 16. So that is pretty good conversion as far as uh, it, this was you know, kind of our tier two where there was like 13 copies or something versus the 45 of our top three decks. Uh, and this one's showing up with... So this one's a lot more like the first one we were talking about. It's not running those Hezrets. It's running a couple Glory yeah. Bringers. Uh, this one is running Swift Spear, though, so it's kind of in between those two, where it's a little bit lower to the ground, but not all the way. Uh, and they're playing a one of Risk Factor as kind of a fun card here. And which one but do you one like? One in the main end, one in the side. I was going to say, out of these three, which one do you like the best? I think I like the, the second one we talked about, the very aggro mm-hmm. one. You know, Obviously, I think that's most different from the other two. Uh, but I do like that one quite a bit. If I wanted to go more mid-range, I do favor the red-black versions of the deck mm-hmm. uh, against pretty much everything except for Lotus Combo. So these will have these will have a much better Lotus Combo matchup, but I think that the red-black will have better matchup against most of the rest of the field. The problem with mono-red decks before was the um, uh, it ran out of gas very easily, and I think Kumana faces Kakazan and also Chandra addressed to kill address that weakness very well. To let you keep on mm-hmm. running. I mean, they, before they really only had light up the stage, and then you needed to play like a Chandra or a Frenzy or, or something. But uh, like I said, those two mentioned cards, I think, have helped a lot. Okay, so let's go uh, the other question. So you asked me which of these three decks I preferred. If I asked you which do you prefer between Risk Factor, Hazret, or Experimental Frenzy, what are those fun of are you putting in your list when you've got the, the open slot? Um, I would probably put Hazard just because I expect to see a lot more control these days. And if I'm mm. one, if I want to land a four a four uh, four mana card, uh, I think Hazard is going to give me a lot more value. Uh, if I don't have anything in my hand, I think I, I agree there. As far as uh, I love that card, so I can't hate it. And you know, I, I'm starting to already say we've gone through our top three, and we've already looked at a total of seven lists mm-hmm. here and we haven't had blue white yet where's our blue white <laughs> all right so next all right, fourth but, uh, place. yeah let's go to, let's go to number four do you want to read through this yeah one? so this is breachless breach they call it lotus breach but it's not <laughs> um it, it's lotus combo it's lotus yeah. combo yes uh so i think i don't see anything really different from the um how can i say from the list here maybe we got masterminds acquisition uh, that is that's standard. So usually, it? yeah, usually do a split between Fave Wishes and Masterminds Acquisition. That way, you can't. Okay, you know, if you only were running only Fave Wishes, uh, someone would be able to one. remove all of your Fave Wishes from the deck, and then you would be out of a win con. You know, you wouldn't actually have any way to win. This splits it so that even if they were able to get rid of all your Fave Wishes, you can still Masterminds Acquisition and win the game that way. Okay. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I guess you know. You know, you corrected me, so uh, I don't see anything else that's really different from like the the list we've seen. Um, what's Path of Peril? I don't think I've seen that one. Is that it's in the side? Uh, that one I've also seen is pretty stock. Yeah, so that's a removal spell really? that they can run. Yeah, yeah, that, that one's pretty cool. So it's the fact that it's three mana to cast from the sideboard is kind of a crucial number because that's often what you have when you're going for a Fae of Wishes mm-hmm. for a non infinite wish. Um, is just be able to kill so. For one black black, it destroys all creatures with Monavana two or less. Mm-hmm. Or for four white black, it destroys all creatures. I like that. Um, so I've been I've seen both of those casts before, and uh, can be pretty powerful. And I believe they actually do side that in in some matchups. All right, and I just I'm just going from you know I built this uh, for my gauntlet the other week, and I haven't mm-hmm. seen these cards in the deck that I chose. So 
Um, that's why I'm saying this looks different, but okay. Yeah, a few sideboard choices are interesting. I would say that the 60 main deck is 100% what I would call stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Um, so yeah, if you guys haven't been following what's recent on this, though, just to you know update anyone who hasn't been following, um, so Shimmer of Possibility is re- has fully replaced any of the other uh, two-mana dig spells. That one just digs you one more, and they mostly don't care about the graveyard now. Mm-hmm. Only running one dig through time, one Galvanic. Usually it's three Emergent Ultimatum and two Peer Through the Abyss are your ways to go off, mm-hmm, particularly, mm-hmm. Uh, other than just um, replaying a whole bunch of your Pour of the Pages. And, of course, one Omniscience as the target for your uh, Emergent Ultimatum. There. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that the other decks I've seen were playing, um, you know, like Ugin in the sideboard or, or, or stuff like that. All right, let's jump over. We do have one more Lotus Breach in the top 16. I think. Yeah, that looks right. Yep, 13. Uh, So here, like I said, let's see if there's any differences in the main deck 16. So, okay, here's the one difference is that this one of Behold the Beyond Mm -hmm. is something Mm -hmm. we've been seeing. This is a seven mana, discard your hand, search for three cards, put those into your hand. You can either use that to go off or as a part of your ultimatum to go off. They often run this alongside. You have two Dark Petition, so... Those are kind of the uh, the other version of it, but I would say that this is also a stock list, just a slightly different stock list. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen the, the version with uh, Behold the Beyond yet, so this is interesting. Uh, but as you can see, Path Apparel on the sideboard is still here. They're running some Sphinx of the yeah, Final Word yeah. rather than running just Thought. Actually, they're running that alongside Three Thought Distortion, so they really didn't want to lose to uh, Control this weekend. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good call. Um, what else do we have? What's March and the Swirling Mist? I haven't seen any of these. I haven't seen a lot of these. Is that the Black March? That's the blue that, one. Oh, that's one the blue, blue March. One. Interesting. Interesting. Up to Extart Creature. Right? That's like another kind of, uh, how could I say, uh, anti aggro card, I'm guessing? It is. You know, that'll buy you a turn, um, even against something like, um, the Ascendancy combo that could fully buy you a turn. Mm hmm. So that's an interesting one. Uh, other than that, I don't see anything too different. But it, it is a different way to play the deck for sure. You know, less, you know, like they had only one Fae of Wishes, like you said, instead of, you know, having the, the other um, card that lets you look in your sideboard. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Nothing so crazy. now let's go to our number six list. This is going to be our first blue-white control. Yeah. So second most popular deck, first list we've seen here in the top eight, which is it is still in the top eight. That's that's nice to see. I think that that's about to be expected. And this list looks pretty stock, but I will go over this in case you guys haven't been following. What's changed for blue-white? It's been a really nice set for blue-white, adding Farewell, which they're running here as a one-of, along with three Supreme Verdict. That's actually a surprise, not running four. Uh, if I do look, yep, it is in the sideboard. Uh, also, the only one Farewell in the main board is a little lower. I've seen that up to three in the main. So that's interesting. Uh, they're running two Portable Hole in the main. They're running four Wandering Emperor in the main. That's a big one. They're also running uh, a couple Narset along with their three Teferi. The Narset I've seen come or go in the main board. It's a little bit of variation here, but this seems to be uh, about what we've been seeing as far as some changes. As well as, of course, four March of Otherworldly Light. Just been an awesome card for the deck. Mm-hmm-hmm. Yeah, um, it, it's a solid deck. Um, I'm, just, I'm wondering why... You know, we had so many people on control, why it didn't do better. But again, like we said, it's a team event, so it could have been some of the other team members uh, couldn't pick up the slack. But uh, it also could have been, you know, because we had Phoenix and we had 
um, you know, other aggro decks that were like super hyper aggro and low to the ground. Well, what do you think is the reason why we didn't see more in the top eight? Yeah, it's really hard to say. I, I do think that it is one of the best decks in the format right now. And there are ways to hate it. You know, we've been seeing some of these, like especially the, those Lotus Breach lists, looks like they were going very hard to hate out against uh, Control. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard to say. You know, when we, when I look down on this MTG Melee page, I can see, so 8, 12, there was a 38, a 40, a 41, a 43, a 44, a 57, a 72. So kind of right in that like middle range, a whole bunch of those lists mm-hmm. were running blue-white. And, uh, you know, maybe they had some draws if they weren't used to the deck. Things could happen that uh, put them behind a little bit. True. Um, so the next list was top eight, um, the number eight list. Uh, I don't see anything too different. It looks a little bit... I think the first one had a lot more one-ofs. Hmm. Yeah, they had one farewell. So this one's one fewer Wonder Emperor, one more Narset. This one's running an Aether Gust in the main. That's interesting. Mm. <laughs> uh, anything else that's really... I don't know. I mean, again, sideboard. The other sideboard had a lot of one-ofs. This has just like a more solid sideboard, two Shark Typhoons, two Narcissus re- Reversal, three Disputes. Um, seems a, lo- a little bit one's running one more Field of Ruin, one more Hall of the Storm Giants. Mm-hmm. I like both of those additions. Those have been very powerful cards for the deck. Um, so yeah, Field of Ruin. I'm trying to think, like, what? why would you want, want, want to run three instead of, like, two or one? Like what, because what are you care of? Den of the Bugbear, Den of the Bugbear, and Den of okay. the Bugbear is really uh, what it's been. There's, there, there are a lot of utility lands in the format, and being able to take care of that with your mana base is huge for the deck. True, true. Okay. Uh, there is one more, I think, actually. Yeah. One more archetype in the top eight? Or did you want to say one more blue-white control list in the top 16? Yeah, one more blue-white in the top actually, 16. This one's running an Elspeth. Except they called something... Oh, there are. Constrictor uh, for some reason. I don't know. Understand that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that was. That was probably a mistype. And this is yeah. probably supposed to be blue white control. Uh, so there's so there's actually four in the top sixteen. That okay. is pretty good conversion. Uh, you know, if we're looking at our top list as far as conversion, so we said Phoenix was number mm-hmm. one, and we've got what three in the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue white was number two, and we've got four in the top sixteen. Mm-hmm. And Winota was number three, and we have one. <laughs> mm. So Winota overrated, or is it just because they're running into Phoenix, which is one of their bad matchups? Mm. You know, and control is uh, can be a toss-up. Yeah, I think maybe just because all the control, you know, they. It's interesting. Interesting. Um. So yeah, the uh, th- the twelfth place is always control didn't really have anything uh, out of the ordinary, but the fourteenth place um, is running one Elspeth. Yeah. I think is what I see here. I don't think it's actually that good in this format mm-hmm. right now just because you, you usually would play that in a more mid-rangey thing but i mean it is great on an empty board it just wins games takes over games very quickly but, now you know what i'll say is surprising is i'm not seeing a lot of settle the wreckage when actually looking at all of these lists mm-hmm. um the number six list had one in the sideboard the number eight had one in the sideboard this number 12 list had one in the main mm-hmm. and the there's actually one here that doesn't have any at all. So that, that's a surprise. That's a really important card against something like Winota. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they were trying some other things instead, but I would miss that card not seeing it. So I'm glad to see it at least in the 75 yeah. here. Yeah, it's definitely a good card to have. Uh, what else do we have? Um, I guess we're moving on to the top seven or number seven list now. Yeah, let, let's go over the last 
deck in the top eight, which is this Mono Green Devotion. And this is also what's been... Oh, so I see a little bit that makes it a, a tiny bit different from what we've been calling stock, but this is pretty much what we've been seeing, is that people have been going for the Storm of the Festival mm-hmm. build. So they're trying to make a lot of Planeswalkers. They're trying to put Karn the Great Creator into play, who was really, really good when everyone was running Anvil. Um, still in a pretty good spot, but did obviously lose being able to shut off a whole deck. Uh, what, what's nice about this deck is that you know it, it makes mono quickly. It puts some of these big things into play, and that wins the game. So... If you guys haven't seen this, yeah, so Karn, Kiora, Beaneth Beckoner, Nissa Who Shakes the World, as well as Cavalier of Thorns are kind of the big targets for your Storm the Festival. And then, of course, Cavalier of Thorns puts cards into your graveyard, so it can find you more copies of Storm the Festival, it can find you your Nykthos, to then make a ton of mana and cast that from the graveyard. So that combo works really well with itself. Uh, and then things like Kiora can help untap your Nykthos, and you're just trying to build up some good devotion. Mm-hmm. So you're playing your one-mana dorks, you're playing Burning Tree Emissary, Old Growth Troll is kind of your best three-drop, being tanky, as well as ramp if they trade it one for one, and Voracious Hydra as removal, plus some Oath of Nissas. So, I have a question. You know, this is the uh, Karn build um, with the, like, fully artifact sideboard. Why would you run this over the Vivian one, you know, that lets you get, like, the, uh, the I mean, of course, the Karn, you know, you can, like, use it right away to, to grab something from, from the sideboard, but um, yeah, why? What in what situation would you want to use the Vivian uh, version of the Mono Green Devotion? Okay, so I think that's a it's a good question, and for someone who doesn't play the list, it is an obvious thing that might come up is that so Vivian, it's a very good card to play to the board. Um, really, what Vivian wants to be doing is coming down after your big creatures and pumping them up, giving them trample, making you fight. The fact that Vivian can look in your sideboard and pull something out is very secondary. Mm. You know, usually it's kind of unique situations where you're in a kind of board stall and you need something to break that. Um, whereas most of the time, you know, pumping your team to a turn and giving trample or fighting a creature or planeswalker, generally that wins the game very quickly. Um, so it's a pretty rare situation that you will be searching for a creature. Usually the only one that's found with Vivian is Ulamog, and this isn't quite that kind of list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karn, on the other hand, is always going to search for something right away. So what this does is it makes you much better at hating out certain decks or certain interactions. So there's two Grafdigger's Cage in the sideboard. Very often this deck will be able to go Karn, grab Grafdigger's Cage, shut off Winota from being able to combo you. And that makes you in a much safer situation than you know trying to build up uh, Vivian for a turn mm-hmm. and fight something and etc. etc. So really it's about being able to hate certain things. So those Grafdigger's Cages... Pithing Needle to be able to hit something like Teferi or any other very important card there, as well as being able to grab things that just shut off the game, like Godfrey's Statue or the Great Henge. Um, you know, Tormod's Crypt's another one that you can just put it down and stop something like a Kroxa deck. Damping Sphere comes out and stops the Lotus Breach decks. So it gives you a lot of targeted hate against certain decks. Um, another question I have is Cavalier of Thorns. Um, mm-hmm. Are you playing this to ramp? Or, you know, do you want it so you can get cards back? Or would it be better to play like an Elder Gargaroth or something like like that instead? So I did kind of just mention why Cavalier of Thorns is so good. Is that So it's got a couple of interactions that are nice. One is that it's helping you find specifically Nykthos. Mm-hmm. So it's not just ramping you, okay. but it's ramp with a little bit of choice. Secondly, it puts cards into the graveyard, which when you're playing Storm the Festival, you can cast those again from the graveyard. Okay. So that's a really nice interaction that... 
you're you're basically you can storm find cavalier find nykthos put a second storm in the graveyard and now not only do you have nykthos mana but this is three pips of green and you've got storm waiting in the sideboard okay it also is a little bit harder to kill you know there are decks that can just point a kill spell at an elder gargaroth whereas if you do that to cavalier of thorns then you say, okay, put Nyssa on top of my library. I'm drawing that next turn. And uh gives you a lot more longevity in a single card okay. versus something like Gargaroth. I often see Gargaroth in the 75 here, so it's a little surprising not to see that. You know, if I click through some of these other mono green lists, uh, I might see a copy. But I, I do like the specifically the Cavalier of Thorns in this list with Storm the Festival. Mm. All right, so we got one more list uh, we haven't talked about yet, and that's the 15th place uh uh, not a deck. It's the only one that made the top 16. Yep, and that is Naya Midrange. Uh, this was Ross Miriam, right? Yeah. This one, it looks like. I don't... That's not a huge surprise. So we got the new Fable of Mirror Breaker, Reflection of Kiki Jiki. That's kind of a new new thing that I haven't really seen yet in the deck. Uh, yeah, that's a little bit of a surprise. So this card, I think we wanted to talk about today because it's been one of the breakout cards kind of of this week almost. Uh, across different metas, you know, across different formats, even, you know, Modern's looking at this, mm-hmm. Pioneer's definitely looking at this, but more so it's been looked at in the red-black mid-range kind of lists where, you know, they love to discard the cards to fuel Kroxa, they love to get that extra treasure, and some of their cards are really nice to copy, things like the uh, the Cemetery, or what is it called, um, Graveyard Trespasser mm-hmm. are really nice to copy. Uh, the black red blood tithe harvester is also really nice to copy uh, in this list you know it's kind of cute but i don't see it as mm-hmm. overpowered although i do like the interaction with the seeker's chariot the chariot can copy the fable token mm-hmm. um, but as far as this list so this is a naya mid-range but it's naya winota you're trying to put out small creatures get a whole bunch of them in play and then play winota and win the game and if your opponent slows you down at all you've got voice of resurgence to trade two for one you've got a seeker's chariot which is just an absolute stomping, and Tovalar's Huntmaster, uh, as your end game, you know you can eventually just cast it and create a huge board state. So, kind of a classic deck. Not a lot to say about it because it's kind of very straightforward. This list, as far as unusual, I think it's just a little bit unusual that they're not running. Uh, well, yeah, nothing too crazy. I mean, I guess they kind of use their flex slot on those fables. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elite spellbinders are all on the sideboard. Archons in the sideboard. Yeah. Pretty straightforward yeah. deck, pretty yeah. straightforward list. All right, so that covers our top 16. Um, I don't know, was do we want to do any more? So we said, any other looks like Winota decks? did a little worse than it's, uh, you know, as far as we covered the archetypes first, we said that it looks like Winota was a little bit underrepresented in the top 16. Yeah. Rakdos looks hugely underrepresented yeah. in the top 16, having zero lists out of the top uh, being, no, what was Anvil. it, one, two, three... Yeah. Or fifth, you know, like sixth most popular deck. Uh, so it and Bant Spirits both had 11 people running it, no one in the top 16. Yeah, so we had 299 teams, it looks like, which is pretty good. And just jumped all Awesome, the, love to see that. To the end, to the last page there. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not really super surprised by a lot of these decks that show up. We had four color combo, the 25th, uh, so that's Jeskai Ascendancy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of fallen off, of course. We had some Celestine Humans. But I'm guessing most people are realizing that maybe the five colors the best. Yeah, and I think that's where people have gone now. I don't know, are there any other interesting 
I mean, that's like still you have like what seven or eight decks um, in the how can I say uh, in the meta game that you can choose from, and they can do relatively well. And it's not just choosing one, two, or three decks like in some some uh, how can I say meta games. You know when they go bad. Uh, we had a uh, we had a Jund yeah. still in uh, top thirty two. Yep. Uh, it doesn't even, I can't even call it Jund Citadel because the Citadel was in the sideboard, yeah. but it does have Karn in the main deck. Yep, yep, yep. So that was like the 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 highest ranking um, Anvil deck, I think. Yeah, and are they even still an Anvil deck? Just to check. Yes, they are. Yeah, that everything else uh, you get Rakdos mid range way back in forty ninth place. I, I think. Black, red, anvil is soul searching right now. They are not sure what kind of deck they want to be. Do they <laughs> want to be, you know, like a Mardu version uh, with uh, what is it, the hidden stockpile, um, or do they do they want to become like a Jun Citadel deck, or do you want to like totally rebuild um, and just do like some other kind of uh, I don't know, black, red, mid range slash control type deck? I mean, we don't know. It, it needs a lot more work. I think before it can become a player in the uh, the metagame again. So uh, if if you're okay, um, you know, with talking about the the eight and sixteen there, I thought we'd take a quick look at like some results since uh, the Luris ban and kind of talk about how these Luris decks have been adapting. And what do you think? You want to spend a couple minutes on that? Is that okay with you? Yeah, I think a little bit on that sounds just fine. So, so we didn't see any Boros here is something kind of surprising. So we, we have seen a little bit of Feather showing up. You know, there was a Feather in the top eight of the 200, what was it, 100, how many players was it uh, that was in the, oh God, I also don't know what it's called, uh, prelim or, pre, it was like a PTQ essentially on Saturday. Mm. There was a... Uh, a feather deck that showed up in the top eight there, as well as a black red mid range. So nice to see that, uh, as well as like four blue white. So that that you have to keep an eye on. Uh, but as far as um, the white red heroic deck, that one certainly showed yeah, up. Yeah, so I definitely yeah, that's the big one. I think we talked about that um, when we did our our band discussion. We talked about how feather would probably just show back up in in uh, the heroic decks. I am looking at a. Uh, uh, something from Guldakot. He's playing some Rakdos Sacrifice. Uh, he does not have, of course, you know, our Luris anymore. But he did. He went like uh, five and zero in a Magic Online event, and uh, they're playing Mayhem Double, um, which is another card mm-hmm. that we said people would be playing. Um, you know, when they don't have to worry about Luris. Uh, otherwise, it's still largely the Anvil deck. Um, there, they've also added in uh, Witch's Oven. And uh, some people have also been playing Cauldron Familiar. So they're kind of adding in the, uh, how can I say, uh, they changed it from just an Anvil Slow Burn Anvil deck to an Anvil Oven deck. Yeah. Uh, an Anvil Karn deck often. So, th- yeah, that deck went to Karn. Yeah. Uh, Boros went to Feather. I think that the red other red aggro decks went more heavy on the burn, mm-hmm. or they went bigger and went into mid range. But I feel like the biggest adaptation there is we've been seeing more burn. You know, skewer the critics. Yeah. I've been seeing skull cracks. I've been seeing a lot of you know really heavy burn cards go into the face, and that's that's a bit of the new adaptation there. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking through all these decks uh, deck lists from three seven, and just 
totally stop seeing any kind of aura decks or um you know any of those other uh Luris decks you know like anvil only showed up a, in a handful of places there's a lot of lotus combo it looks like um we got a mono black here mono black's making a resurgence uh, i don't know why maybe just people like why 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 is why do you think mono black's uh, seeing, I wouldn't say it's not making a comeback so much as it's uh, re regaining its popularity. So it was seeing a little bit of popularity before the Luris ban, and it is actually surprising that it didn't pick up at all after the ban, uh, just because. So maybe it will. You know, we right now keeping an eye out. You know, as we're recording this, we're getting some news in from the this five K, and it does sound like mono black aggro is doing very mm -hmm. well there. I think that could be another deck that's being slept on, uh, just because it was seeing some nice new additions from Kamigawa. So it was showing up in the meta before the Luris ban. And then I feel like the Luris ban happened, mm -hmm. and people are like, "Oh my god, stuff's crazy. We got to go, you know, stop room with the new stuff. Go, go back to what we were figuring out before." And uh, maybe it got left on the table for a moment. So maybe we'll see people come back to that. I haven't tested the recent iterations enough, especially post Luris ban to give you a reason why it well, is better or worse against specific decks in the top of the meta right now. But if Blue-White Control is the top deck, you know, playing a deck with Scrap Heap Scrounger mm -hmm. and, you know, all of those recursive one and two drops uh, doesn't seem terrible. Yeah, I think the Scrap Heap Scrounger is a definite, uh, definite winner. You know, when you don't have to worry about bringing the other cards back from the graveyard with Luris, you can just kind of use that, you know, graveyard as uh, another... Uh, resource, you know, f for your scrap heap and just keep on playing that over and over and over again. Uh, also, I would it's say... Probably where we'll see it. Yeah. I, I know it was always bad into aggro, um, and we saw a lot of aggro decks banned out. Mm -hmm. I don't know, though, if the new aggro decks are just better. You know, Burn seems like a really tough matchup for a deck yeah. that's dealing itself damage and doesn't have creatures that can't block. But on the other side of that, like, usually if it's a very aggro-heavy meta, then Vampires might have been better. So I feel like one of those two needs to show up. Um, I'm going to lean towards it being Mono Black, but if Mono Black's not good, I feel like it would mean that Vampires is. So maybe we'll see one so, of those showing up a bit more. Spawn of the Mayhem, that's one of the cards that you can really play with Luris before, and that usually was like a three or four of in the Mono Black decks. Um, well, yes. So it wasn't a Luris deck before. Yeah, yeah. That's it never really was, but, point. but I'm just saying, you know, when you're not... Um, uh, hamstrung by the, um, you know, the one or two mana uh, CMC restriction, you know, you can kind of take a wider look at how these, these cards fit into to, to the uh, overall strategy of the deck. And yeah, I, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, maybe I'm going to be pessimistic. Like, this is kind of off topic, but, you know, I've listened to kind of everyone else's reaction. You know, we had an early reaction to what we thought the Luris ban would do. Mm -hmm. And then I listened to, you know, everybody else's podcast, everyone else talking about it. And I feel like I'm maybe one of the more pessimistic ones. Like, people are like, hey, you know, we unbanned three drops. And I kind of want to say, like, Luris didn't stop any three drops from being played. Like, I don't think there's any card mm. I can think of and be like, Luris stopped this from being played. You no. could always yeah. run... You know, you could always have run a, you know, Cauldron Familiar deck and play three drops in it, and it wasn't the Luris decks that are stopping you from doing that. It's the Phoenix decks and the Minota decks and the Blue-White Control decks, mm -hmm. and those didn't change at all. So I don't feel like banning, like maybe banning Luris was fine, but I don't feel like it added anything to the format. I feel like it only took things away. 
Um, I also, you know, just having seen the the conversation about Luris coming back to it a week later, mm-hmm. you know, they banned it in modern, and I kind of feel like this was very related. Like they didn't want people saying, "Hey, it's banned in modern, but I can still go play it in Pioneer." Let's take my Luris deck and go to Pioneer, and then it gets banned in six months. So to me, it was kind of like, oh, maybe maybe Watsy isn't paying as much attention to Pioneer as they thought. Mm-hmm. They just didn't want people, you know, all flocking to Pioneer from Modern and then having to deal with it later. Uh, so it kind of felt like they're like, okay, well, let's just get rid of it there, too. I don't care what it does. I don't know what it'll do. We haven't been paying attention to Pioneer, but, you know, that, that's my pessimistic view of it. It's kind of it was a it was less that they're paying attention to Pioneer and more that they're only paying attention to Modern and they're they're doing this as a safety event. Hmm. There was one more deck I wanted to ask you about. Um, yes, please get us back up. on track. <laughs> Why didn't we see any of the Parhelion decks, any of the Grease Fang decks, you think? You know, I think they've been struggling. They have not looked great as far as league results and tournament results. Um, they haven't been showing up in a huge number, but, you know, I'm playing pioneer i think it was darth jason that that posted a uh what we thought as a tier list going into the indie meta and we had the parhelion decks you know c tier like pretty low i just don't think that they're consistent enough and i think there's a lot of good ways for a lot of the decks to hate them you know the number of winota and blue white control lists that are all playing um rest in peace the mm-hmm. number of phoenix lists that are playing just so many ways to lightning axe mm-hmm. your your one combo piece mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it just it's it's a very tough meta for them, and something would have to change to make that a a top viable deck. Okay. Yeah, that was one thing that I thought was strangely missing from all the lists that we looked at. Um. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to go over the list, and I wanted to talk about how the Loris decks have changed. Um, I also kind of want to talk about you know how sideboards are going to change, but I think we kind of already talked about that after the Loris ban. So. I don't know. Is there anything yeah, else yeah. you want to talk about today, or do you want to wrap it up? No, I feel like I've been running my mouth. I'm happy to uh, let us go to the Twitterverse and see what they all have to say. So if you guys have responses to what we said today, uh, whether my negativity or all the fun stuff we talked about before I got all negative, <laughs> then uh, go ahead and follow us at MDG Pioneer. You can go, um, you can tweet us out at any time. You can find a link to our Discord to get even more involved in the conversation. You can also find us posting on Playing Pioneer. So I'm going to shout that out one last time. Yep, and you guys can find me on Twitter at YoJapanHobbyist. Um, yeah, if you have any ideas uh, for any of these, uh, you know, decks that didn't show up, like what we can do to make them better, I'd love to hear, you know, your your new uh, brews and stuff like that, especially for, like, Grease Fang or Mono Black Aggro, etc. So hop into the Discord, get involved in the conversation. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, that's going to wrap up our show. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We are the First Pioneers Podcast, and we look forward to being your first pioneer, your go-to source for pioneer information online. <laughs> Mess that up. Uh, so Indianapolis just happened this weekend. Do you have any good uh, indie verb I can use to indie us out? Hoosiering out. Hoosiering out? Uh, what about, oh, yeah, yeah, you're uh, you, a Hoosier. Uh, Indianapolis native. A Hoosier native. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the, what's a good word for the Indy 500? Okay, we're, we're just going to say we are indying out. There you go. <laughs>